Cruz has a lot of potential in Major League Baseball. Just, just wanted to give you a little bit of a glimpse of the kind of intensive, high-quality insight that one gets on this particular program. Good morning to you. Good. Oh, my goodness. Just wait till you hear me explain that later. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into hockey and or football, I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Steelers where you found this. And Derek Shelton made clear within the past week on more than one occasion, but notably out at the All-Star Game in Seattle, that he intends to focus more on the Pirates' younger players in the second half. Now, the moment that you hear that, if you hadn't heard it before, I'm going to guess that your immediate reaction is, oh, rebuild, because that's the sort of thing that you say in a rebuild. We're going to go with the young guys. We're going to build toward the future. Heck, you can say that in year one of a rebuild, even when you don't have any of those guys yet. But this this comes with a different tinge. This comes with the manager stating, in essence, that the young players are the best players that he's got, at least some of them, over some others. But also that, listen, whoever's here, whoever's already made it, has an opportunity, has every opportunity to stick around. That means that you're not going to see, in all likelihood, any kind of yo-yo involving not just someone really prominent like Henry Davis, but maybe even Nick Gonzalez. Gonzalez might be the perfect barometer, I think, for this situation. Because Gonzalez has outperformed, realistically, his minor league career path in terms of what he's done in Pittsburgh to date. That's not saying that what he's done is a fluke. That's not saying that he's just accidentally put his barrel into the ball or anything ridiculous like that. It's saying that a lot like Davis, he just came up and was on fire right away. And no one's yet made an adjustment to him the way they have with Davis. And of course, since both of these fine, upstanding young men have Andy Haynes as a hitting coach, it's going to take about a month or two before any adjustment can receive any kind of counter-adjustment. But if you're looking at Gonzalez right now, and you see him hitting right now, and you see him, by the way, nobody talks about this, fielding his positions, plural, better than I think most people had anticipated. And that means not just second base, but also he's been decent at short. And remember that when he was drafted, that was the tag on him. It was SS slash 2B in that order. He and I have joked about this. But here's the thing that I wondered about when I heard Shelton say that, because I was pretty sure I had the context right. I wonder who he meant. Because if you work your way around the diamond, you're not going to have a super easy time figuring out who he meant. Unless... You see Andy Rodriguez come up, and you would think he's next, if not imminent. And he's going to catch. He's absolutely unequivocally 
going to catch. This is not going to be a Davis situation where they wait and say, listen, we're going to continue on this catching curve at some point next spring or whatever. For right now, you're here for your bat. You're here for the acclimation and whatever. Let's just get it all out of the way. Great. I don't think you're going to see that with Andy. You know why? A couple reasons. One, I think he's a little bit more advanced than Davis is back there. And two, the other position that Andy plays has both Carlos Santana and G-Man Choi occupying it, that, of course, being first base. Now, you can say, well, listen, if you're going to throw old people out in favor of young people, that's the place to do it, except that you know and I know that Shelton's not going to throw out either Santana or Choi. And I don't think he should either. Neither of them deserve that. So continuing to kind of read between the lines there, that means that Andy would be behind the plate and you'd see a lot less of Austin Hedges. Okay, okay, okay. Don't everybody bark back at once, right? Beyond that, you're looking at either Andy sharing some time at first base, keep him active over there, but then you move on to second base, Gonzalez is going to stay there. Shortstop, you can probably count on Tucapita Marcano being there most of the time, I would think. I keep repeating this, and I'm just going to start outright hoping for it, but the Rodolfo Castro really needs to get back to the minors. O'Neill Cruz is your long-term shortstop. At third base, you've got Brian Hayes, left field, Brian Reynolds, center field, Jack Sawinski, right field, Henry Davis. What am I missing here? What's the move or moves toward youth? It can't be the pitching either. Heck, all they've done of late, out of necessity, is throw young starting pitchers out there. Luis Ortiz didn't fare so well, got sent back. Johan Oviedo, I'm sure they're hoping to turn around. He's had a little bit of a bump here of late. But what else? Okay, Quinn Priester comes up. Great. What are we up to now? Two players? Two? So what I think here is that when Shelton answered the question the way he did, and it was a question that was posed to him about younger players and having them be in the lineup more often, something was already in the cranium there that needed to come out at the risk of over-reading or over-interpreting him. And in my mind, it almost had to be Andy Rodriguez. It almost had to be, man, we are just getting killed for our catching. We're getting killed for the fact that Hedges, Jason DeLay can't hit at all. And you can say what you want about their advanced metrics and pitch framing, and I'm a believer in pitch framing. I don't mock it, make fun of it. But I'm not blind to Hedges' various other shortcomings defensively as a catcher. I don't think he's great back there. I do appreciate the value of getting a called strike, but you don't put somebody back there who's hitting 160 to do that. So I I have a feeling that we're going to see something shift here pretty soon when it comes to the catching position. When we come back, a really embarrassing answer to a pretty fair J1Q. 
This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern. That's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Your front door. Your car. Your bike. Your computer. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Every day you lock and secure your home and everything you want to keep safe. Gun safety and responsible storage are no different and the best way to help prevent accidents, misuse, and theft. If you have a firearm, own it, respect it, and secure it. Visit projectchildsafe.org. Brought to you by the National Shooting Sports Foundation and the Bureau of Justice Assistance. Today's J1Q comes from Bob, who found a classy way to say this. Uh, O'Neill Cruz on line one for Mr. Kovacevic. For anybody who missed yesterday's show, the theme of the main segment was pirates who could someday become all-stars, who, who could at least realistically trend toward being considered for the All-Star Game. And I went through a list that was undoubtedly way too deep. Meaning I was throwing out guys there that I, I really honestly don't ever think will get such a nod. And I go through all this and I say to everybody, all right, well, we'll be back. J1Q coming up next. Whatever. Never occurred to me that Cruz still exists. And this is not a great thing, meaning for me, I, you know, I've seen the kid a handful of times during his rehab period because he's not going to get serious with the, the real meat of the rehab until he gets to Florida and he starts doing things that are a little bit more active than standing still and throwing a baseball 75 feet. He's going to have to get in the cage. And then ultimately the real test for his ankle, for his leg, uh, really for his whole body because of possible compensation issues when you have an injury that's that significant and you're limited in what you can do like in life for a long period of time. It can cause other issues elsewhere in your body, and you got to be aware of that as well. But I've seen him. I saw him just last week. I was in a group of people interviewing Rich Hill, and I just happened to glance to my left, and he's sitting there at his stall, and we made eye contact, and he kind of made like a little, like a little half wave and a little bit of a smile. So it's not like I forgot he exists, but how do I put this? I, when I see an injury that's of that magnitude, and for those of you who've been around sports for a long time and you've seen other injuries, the ones that are actually a little bit scary, uh, in Pirates territory, that's Jacob Brumfield and Dave Clark colliding heads in the outfield at Three River Stadium. It's Jason Kendall uh, having his foot just basically dangling 
off of his ankle with his bone exposed, not to gross you out or anything, but that also was at Three Rivers. And when you see these types of things or pitching injuries that happen right in front of you where the pitcher's just clutching an elbow or a shoulder and screaming out there, and we've seen that a couple of times at PNC Park, including recently with Nick Birdie, you don't really think about them as baseball players anymore. I don't. I don't. I don't want to speak for anybody else. Now I'm around them and I see what they're going through and I, I see the expressions that they have on their face and I know what they're usually like. I know what Cruz is usually like and this isn't him. He's trying. He's satisfied to be around his teammates. He's satisfied to be in that environment, kind of like JT Brubaker is right now doing his rehab work in Pittsburgh until he can actually grip something other than a grapefruit. And you're allowed to actually hold fruit at some point. I'm not making that up in the Tommy John rehab, and it's considered to be a big step. When you see these guys and they're around and they're trying and they're, they want to fit in and they want to be part of everything, it's not the same. It's not the same. So I, I don't mean to make an excuse for myself from yesterday's show, but O'Neill's been out of my head as a baseball player for a while. That doesn't mean I don't think he'll be back. That doesn't mean I don't think he'll be back this season. It just means that when I think of the 2023 team, I I skip him. Mostly because I don't want to be that guy who puts pressure on him or anyone else. If the Pirates announced tomorrow, if Todd Tomzik met with reporters tomorrow and said, we're shutting down O'Neill Cruz until next spring. There's a part of me that would actually be really happy about that. I want to see this kid come back after he's a thousand percent, after he's gotten a chance to play real, live, hard, competitive baseball. Now, I don't care if that happens in AAA. I don't care if it happens in Dominican winter ball. But I want to know. I want him to know. That when he takes the field next spring, that he's O'Neill Cruz again, without any questions, without any doubts, without any holding back. So am I a dummy for leaving him out of yesterday's show? Yeah, but there might have been something subconscious to it. I appreciate everybody who listens to this show. I appreciate all of the reminders, not just Bob's of my stupidity. We'll be back with another one tomorrow. Tomorrow.